0: Janice
1: and I'm Linda. Welcome to the Reach Your Potential podcast. Janice and I are both coaches and facilitators for an employability skills program for skilled migrants to help them find a job in their profession in Australia. This podcast introduces you to the main methods and tools we talk about in our program and why they're important for you to win a job in Australia.
0: No matter if you are a participant in our current workshop, a past graduate looking for a refresher, or a skilled migrant who has found us here, we hope you'll find some useful information from our podcast.
1: Welcome back to this series of Reach Your Potential podcasts. In the second episode, we're going to take you through our eight-step structured approach which we encourage participants to use when they apply for jobs. It's a proven approach, but not very well understood, even by the Australians in our job market.
0: Our participants often ask why take a structured approach? It takes too much time and too much effort. Aren't job applications just about sending our resumes and the more you send, the greater the chance of getting a job?
1: I often hear that from a lot of people but it's really a wrong perception. To be successful, job applicants need to prove they are the best person for a specific job to a specific employer. This isn't an easy task. They need to stop being salespeople, selling their own skills to being in a marketer who understands exactly what the employer wants and can match their own skills to those requirements.
0: It really requires a shift in thinking that everyone needs to understand. Tell us more about selling your skills versus marketing to the specific job that you are applying for.
1: It means that as a job applicant, you must take the employer's perspective and then structure your application to show how you can contribute to their specific business. By doing this, you can have a better chance of winning the job. This has proven to be a major success factor for most of our participants who have won the jobs they wanted. So let's look at how
0: the structured approach helps us to do this. Step one is for you to discover your skills. You already have the technical professional skills, which are simple enough to understand. For example, if you are an accountant, you have accounting skills, or if you're an engineer, you have engineering skills. But there is also the soft skills, such as teamwork, organizing and planning. We introduce an an employability skill matrix, which details the common important soft skills that employers are looking for in Australia. This matrix was developed by the government through a study involving over 200 employers in different industries and businesses. They came up with the top non-technical skills or soft skills, which are most needed to be successful in the Australian workplace. The employability matrix lists these top skills and describes the attributes and behaviours employees demonstrate if they have those skills. You will regularly find these skills being listed as needed or desirable in most job advertisements here.
1: Certainly, a lot of the participants have found the employability matrix a huge help. Most of us have difficulty in identifying our soft skills, and then, even more importantly, improving how we have applied them successfully in the past. For example, taking initiative is an important skill often asked for in the Australian workplace. One of our participants was a marketing manager. She mentioned to us that she was asked to market a new product and her employer had always put the emphasis on large corporations, but had not been paying attention to the smaller enterprises. This person did some research to find the marketing of the product to large customers was already very saturated. So she prepared a campaign based on workshops for small enterprises, and it turned out to be a great success bringing in a large amount of business. She thought she was just doing her job without realizing that it was a great story of how she took initiative.
0: That is why in this first step, we help the participants look at the skills they have used, but they may not realize that they are important soft skills. We then help them to build examples of when they used the skills to prove they have them. Also, there are other unique skills that you may have. For example, as a migrant, most if not all of you will have a second language, which can be a competitive advantage to win some specific jobs. Being a migrant, the kind of skills in managing yourself to migrate to a new country already demonstrates your adaptability and organizing skills. So as a summary for this step, step one is for you to refocus and reconnect with your professional skills, soft skills, and any unique skills that you may have through work, volunteering or study, which you can bring to the table for your future employer.
1: Once you're clear on your skills, then you're ready to set some long and short-term goal, career goals. This is step two in our structured approach. You need to look at your own personal situation as well as your skills and what might be important for you in a job that you may take on. You may have had a fairly high level job in your own country, but this may be more difficult when you arrive here first. You may have some young children and find that you don't have the support of family and friends. You don't have the same networks that you had in your own country. Friends may encourage you to take just any job when you're told that you don't have Australian experience. So you may start to look at jobs at lower levels. While this can be helpful, it really may not be necessary. We had a project manager who didn't think she could take a senior consultant role, but when she applied for one at a big four consulting company, she realized the flexibility and family-friendly policies there would allow her to take on a senior role as well as manage her family responsibilities.
0: Yes, as a migrant, it is really important that you look at your skills and your individual situation to create your long-term and short-term goals for your job search. Now, you're ready for step three of the structured approach, choosing the right job, which is applying for jobs that will use your demonstrated skills and match your career goals. As Linda, you have said earlier, it is moving from being a seller, just saying, I have the skills, to marketing yourself to the employer in a way that meets the employer's needs.
1: So how do you become a marketer? How do you actually do that?
0: You go into critically choosing the right job to apply for. What do we mean by critically choosing the right job? This involves you spending the time to really study, I say study, the job advertisement word by word and to understand and analyze what are the skills required for this job. You then to make sure that you do have the skills identified for the job and that you can prove with your stories that you have applied these skills successfully in the past.
1: A lot of the applicants believe that the job title explains what the job is about.
0: Oh, this is a dangerous assumption. We have a story which can help to explain why the job title could be misleading. We had a participant who held the role of IT project manager in her home country, but all of her job applications in this role here were rejected. When we sat down with her to understand the responsibilities and the skills she had used in her previous jobs in her home country, we realised that her roles were more similar to a project coordinator role rather than a project manager role here in Australia. No wonder she wasn't successful as she was applying for positions higher than what she had actually done before. So do make sure that you are applying for the right jobs. Make sure that you do spend the time to read the job advertisement word by word and don't assume anything.
1: So where can we go about looking for those right jobs?
0: Besides the many online job boards that many of you are already familiar with, it is also about building and looking at your people networks. The networks could be professional networks like the professional bodies for accountants, engineers, etc. Equally important, there are the informal networks like the social media networks such as LinkedIn, Meetup, etc., as well as some other even more informal ones like the schools your children go to or the communities you live in or even in the parks where your children play. You may meet someone there.
1: How can I let people know that I'm looking for a job?
0: It is a wrong assumption to think that networking is all about asking for jobs. And I would say that you really should not be asking for a job when you first meet someone. Most important is that you really build the courage as well as the skills to communicate. Have a general conversation with others, formally or informally. Have the confidence to talk about yourself who you are, what your skills are, and then also to try to get more information, for example, about the industry or the company where you might be interested in working. Networking is really about opening yourself up to have those general conversations and tune in to the various opportunities which may arise from there and build connections with others.
1: Yes, networking is a whole topic in itself, and we're going to deal with that in a future episode. So people really need to understand their own skills, set their own goals, and then pick the right job and analyzing the job to write their resume. Writing the resume is step four. And this is where our participants are often quite relieved because they've been wanting to write their resumes since the beginning of the program. Almost all of them have already written resumes before they start, and yet they haven't been successful in getting a job. That's because writing a resume often requires another change in thinking. It's not just what skills and experiences you put on paper, but it's about how you change those skills and experiences to address each job that you select and want to apply for. The resume needs to be changed for every job, and it needs to address the skills sought in each of the jobs advertised. That's why we recommend people apply for only one or two jobs in a week. It takes a lot of time to put your resume together, and yet your resume is the key tool to earning a place in the next stage of the recruitment process. The basics of writing a resume are, first, thinking how you can limit your resume to the most important information so it will actually be read. One or two pages are all that will be read. Then you need to ask yourself, How can I prove that I have the required skills to get through to the next stage of the recruitment process? Most importantly, you have to present this information in a way to gain the reader's attention. Once you understand these basics of resume writing, you need to consider that many recruitment processes are now using computers to screen resumes.
0: So Linda, how does this computerized system work?
1: The computerized system means that no human being is going to read your resume, let alone read between the lines or find hidden information. At first, only a computer is looking for those things which have been outlined in the job advertisement. That's the reason your resume must be a good match to what is in the job advertisement. And this makes it even more important that you clearly address what the employer is looking for. Research the company and the industry so you can match your skills to what the employer needs.
0: And funnily enough, we always say that the cover letter should come after the resume. So this comes to step five, writing the cover letter. What is the cover letter? It is a brief summary to gain the employer's attention to bother reading your resume. In some advertisements, a cover letter may be required, or in some, they actually say you don't need to submit a cover letter. Our encouragement is to write a cover letter to gain that attention. However, a cover letter is not about the career goals that you want from a job.
1: In my recruitment experience as a manager, I've often read cover letters which say, I'm looking for a job that helps me to develop my skills and will move me forward in my career. In reality, the employer does not care at this point about developing you or your career. They're really just looking for the skills they want to make their business successful.
0: So the key purpose of a cover letter is to summarize in four or five sentences the most important skills which the employer needs that you have demonstrated in the past and set you apart and which you will bring to the job. In short, writing a cover letter is about how you can convince the employer to even bother to read your resume, and that you are competent enough to even be considered for this job.
1: So Janice, then what comes next in the eight-step process?
0: All the previous steps happen before you even have the chance to meet the employer, or sometimes before you even know who the employer is. But each of these steps need to be done so well that you earn the opportunity to proceed to the next step where you have the chance to talk to or meet with the employer or recruiter. Here it comes, step six, compose your self-pitch.
1: So you might be asking, what is the self-pitch? Some of you may think of it as an elevator speech. It is a one-minute presentation about yourself and it's your marketing opportunity to briefly show your brand to the employer. What you would emphasize in this very short one minute is your key skills and experiences, supported by short stories to demonstrate how you have applied your skills successfully in the past to achieve business results. Our program provides a structure to keep participants very focused on what to put in the story for that one minute and the ways to present their self-pitch confidently. We encourage the self-pitch to be written and practice over and over again. In fact, the more you practice, surprisingly and not surprisingly, you will find that you will come across more naturally.
0: So where will this self-pitch be used, Linda?
1: Well, initially it might be part of the phone screening call. The first question you may be asked in a phone screening call is, tell me something about yourself. Here is your chance to use the self-pitch to demonstrate that you are the right person for the job. Even now, recruiters are often asking applicants to send in a one-minute video together with their resume and a cover letter. Again, your self-pitch could be used in that video. Also, there are the networking opportunities that we talked about in step three. In both your formal or informal networking activities, you can introduce yourself using your self-pitch to tell people who you are, your skills, and what you want to do?
0: Well, a good self-pitch is certainly needed to help you in the next step, step seven of our structured approach, practice the interview skills. Our practice interview or mock interview takes place in a simulated environment, and each participant will undertake two rounds of interviews by a panel of interviewers, including our coaches and other business people. The participants are asked to be dressed appropriately in business attire as if they are really going for a job interview. In these mock interviews, they will need to prove why they are this right person for the job, that they can bring the required skills, either technical, soft skills and attributes to this job. This is the opportunity to practice everything they have learned in the previous six steps.
1: So what does it take to prove you are the right person for a job in an interview?
0: First of all, you need to listen to the questions. So listening skills are important. And then you need to project yourself, telling short stories about how you have used those skills successfully in the past. You need to respond to the questions confidently and to demonstrate why you want the job. And at the end of the mock interview, our participants are given feedback on all of these areas, which helps them to understand that what they have done well and what they could further improve in a real job interview.
1: We found that for those participants who are very good learners, they took their feedback very seriously. For example, one of the participants in her first mock interview focused on just one aspect of her most recent job so it didn't go as well as she could hope for in that first round. But in her second mock interview, she looked across all of her experiences and all her different roles that she had done and was able to tell more relevant stories, which improved significantly why she was the right person for the job.
0: This step seven, practicing the interview skills is very interesting and gives the participants a very real safe and trusted environment to practice their interview skills which they find invaluable for their future real job interviews. As there are often over 100 applications for a single job, getting to the interview stage for any job opportunity is a very significant step. Often, only five or six people may get through to the interview stage, so getting yourself as much prepared as possible is important. Don't mess up the opportunity when you earn the right to a real job interview.
1: Our program though, doesn't just end at the mock interview. We encourage our participants to keep their momentum going to expand their future opportunities. Step eight is about going forward and building their networks even more. We find the participants have gained a huge amount of confidence as well as skills to keep applying for jobs. And we encourage them to revisit more opportunities to use their networks. Some of the participants have found jobs even before they finished the program. But even if they found a job, we still encourage them to look at how they can connect with more people to enrich their current job and to set themselves up for future opportunities.
0: This comes to the end of this episode, which introduces you to the x structured approach. Looking at your own approach to finding a job Which of the X steps do you do effectively? Which step might offer you a place to make your job search more successful? We look forward to having you joining us again in our next episode, which will cover career goals. Thank you and goodbye.
1: Bye.